Art-loving homeschoolers unite! If you've been looking for a place where you can find fun ideas for your homeschool art and introduce your kids to the amazing world of art history, you found it. Grab your coffee and join me, Lotus Stewart, a homeschooling mom of two creative teenagers and the founder of Art History Kids. This is the Homeschool Art Revolution podcast, where each week we'll explore simple yet powerful ideas that will help you to nurture your child's creativity and self-expression. I'm so delighted you're here. Let's dive into this week's chat. Don't you just love it when you can do two things at once, and especially in your homeschool? And not in a way where you're trying to multitask and save time, but in a meaningful way where the two things actually enhance and complement each other. As a subject in your homeschool, art history has this superpower. You may think that when you're studying art history, you're teaching your kids to appreciate painting and sculpture and learn about the artists. And you are, but that's just the beginning. With very little effort, you can find multiple connections to other subjects you're already studying in your homeschool that relate to the art. The subjects you regularly explore and the ones that are sometimes tricky to fit in, making this an even more powerful homeschool hack. There are the easy ones like geography. Of course, we can always find out where the artist is from and look at the map and see what surrounding countries are there and how far away it is from where we live. And we can also dive into the historical context of that artist, what was going on in the world, in that part of the world at the time that they were making art and did it influence their art? And if so, how? In addition to that kind of historical context, we can also look at actual historical events. So the Fighting Temeraire is a really epic painting that depicts a historical event. And then there's this whole story behind it as well. So we can dig deeper and understand things, not just on an intellectual level historically, but on an emotional level too. Even modern history can be seen through the lens of art history in this really different and emotional and impactful way. Jacob Lawrence is an artist who created a series of paintings called the Migration Series, and it's all about the Great Migration, when African Americans left their homes in the South to move to Northern states and find better jobs, have better opportunities for their kids' education. And to see this, through the visual storytelling of an artist rather than hearing the words in a textbook. It just gives it so much more powerful impact, makes it real, makes it immediate. And it just sinks in on a deeper level than if we were to read about it. Even an illustrated storybook, which you know that I love them, it's not the same as seeing it through the eyes of an artist, these historical events. Literature is another really fascinating one. So there are so many different ways to do this. Faith Ringgold actually writes poetry stories and narratives on her story quilts. There are um, more detached ways of doing it. Like if you're studying the jungle art of Henry Rousseau, maybe you read the jungle book, you can pretty much find a literature connection to almost every piece of artwork. And then of course, art and music go together so perfectly. There's Kandinsky, who was famously inspired by music because he had a rare condition called synesthesia, where his 
senses were mixed. So he actually heard colors. And when he heard music, he saw images that he would then um, use as inspiration for his paintings. So you can listen to music and look at art and see what that connection would be. The abstract expressionists were really inspired by jazz music. And again, that links back to we can look at history and what was happening in the world. Why was abstract expressionism and jazz and all of these kind of free form art forms um, coming to the surface during this time, what else was happening politically and in the world, world events. So it's really fascinating to see how everything connects together. And then there's science. Did you know that Beatrix Potter was a scientist really she if she had lived in more modern times in a more progressive place maybe she would have been a scientist but because she wasn't really taken seriously by the scientific community in the time and place when she lived um, she never actually became a scientist but she wrote papers she studied mycology she was so interested in mushrooms and fungus and all natural life and you can see that in her art that she really carefully observed these plants and animals and just captured the essence of their um, basic qualities their most magical qualities in her artwork and that's because she looked at it through this scientific point of view and then added a little bit of magic and character and storytelling to make it her own but there are other ways to look at science too it's so fascinating to learn about paintings through the x-rays and the different scientific techniques that curators and museum people use to kind of see, oh, before this was painted, there was a layer underneath and this was what was originally there, or to learn about the kinds of paints that were used. And even colors in paints have a link to science because you might notice that during, for centuries and centuries, certain colors just weren't used very much. And that's because they were very difficult to source the natural materials to make those colors. But in modern times, when we learned how to make them synthetically, we see these colors all the time suddenly. And so there's a big shift in how art looked based on science as well. Of course, when it comes to math, the Fibonacci sequence is everywhere in art. So you can learn about the Fibonacci sequence. You can look at things like grids. You can find all kinds of mathematical connections to art, especially even going back to Faith Ringgold's story quilts. Quilting is so mathematical. That's a wonderful math connection. The artists who did murals had to use math to kind of space things out and see how they would lay out on this big, big surface. And there's even so many more. Math is also an endless connection that you can find to a lot of different pieces of art. And you can dive deep into world studies. So if you're looking at the Rapa Nui Moai, which are more commonly known as the Easter Island sculptures, you know, those big heads that we recently learned have bodies that are underground. When you look at those, you can look at them, yes, as a work of art, but then you can go deeper and learn about the people and the culture and the meaning behind them and all of the tradition and the symbolism and what those sculptures stand for. And that connects to the people of Rapa Nui, the ancient cultures, the traditions and coming up to modern day, how they're being preserved. So, so many interesting connections with culture, cultural studies, anthropology, all kinds of things like that as well. 
And then there's philosophy. So the one that immediately comes to mind with philosophy, of course, is Raphael's School of Athens. You can find so many famous figures from history in this painting and take a side study on every single one of them. Some of them were philosophers, some of them were scientists, there were poets and writers and all different people were um, represented in this work of art. And there are so many opportunities here to look at what those people thought and what they stood for in the time that they lived. And then even subjects that you might not normally think of as subjects like fashion, Mondrian and Sonia Delaunay, their art greatly influenced fashion. And then there's culinary arts and food. So Archimboldo was an Italian Renaissance painter who did this really crazy thing where he imagined what people's faces would look like if they were made up of fruits and vegetables and fishes and flowers. And he painted them that way. So this is a really fun way to kind of bring in food and culinary arts and even invite your kids to play with their food, but in an academic way because they're creating art and thinking about it as they're doing so. And art history even comes into our kids' playtime. So if your kids play this Nintendo game called Animal Crossing, you may have noticed that they collect art for their art gallery on their island. And when they find these works of art and decide whether or not they're gonna buy them, they need to know whether it's real or if it's a reproduction, if it's a fake or a forgery. And to do that, they need to look carefully at the art and they need to see if it is just like the original, if they can find the original and look at that and spot the differences. So art history even connects to playtime. It's amazing how it connects to absolutely everything. This is something we do in the studio membership every single month. The third week of the month, we make connections to our featured art and artist, and it never fails to amaze me how there are no shortages of connections every single month, no matter what we're studying. And sometimes I even have to narrow it down because there are too many and I just can't include that many in the guide. It'll be overwhelming, so I have to choose which ones I think would be most interesting. But there are so many connections to absolutely every artist, every art study. You can find ways to branch out and make it even more impactful. And when we do this in this way, when we bring art history and our other subjects together, there, there are so many facets to the benefits of this. So yes, it allows our kids to understand the historical context of the art. It links together these world events that we can sort of start to fit together like a puzzle once we see how things fit and connect together. And sometimes when we learn about these things separately, it feels almost arbitrary to learn about history in isolation and math in isolation and science in isolation. But when we can bring it all together and through the glue of art history, which is visual, it becomes so compelling, so intriguing and so interesting that it almost doesn't feel like we're studying or learning. We're just kind of exploring and discovering. This makes it so much more memorable and it can spark interest for your kids in subjects that they weren't really necessarily interested in before. But now that it's connected to something else, suddenly it is interesting. So this is a really fun way to bring in subjects that sometimes it can be tricky to include. And it helps our kids to see and understand that there's more to the story than we see in a textbook and that the whole world fits together and is like this amazing domino effect that everything relates to and affects something else.
all of our subjects in school really are this woven tapestry. So if you find yourself thinking that you'll get to art once you've covered all your core academic subjects, then just remember art history can cover them for you. And to make this superpower work for you, you can approach it from either side. You can either start with art and find other subjects that connect to that art, or you can take the subjects that you're learning about in your school and find art that relates to those in a meaningful way. It will add color and texture and visual interest to everything you explore in your school. I can't wait to chat again soon. Be sure to tag me if you do this. If you connect your subjects together, find me on Instagram at Art History Kids and let me know how it's going. And I'm excited to chat again soon. Until next time, stay inspired.